Armageddon, 1998, directed by Michael Bay, written by Jonathan Hensley and J.J. Abrams, plus Robert Roy Poole, Tony Gilroy, Shane Salerno, John the Revelator, and Nostradamus. Before we begin, a warning. This movie is two hours and 31 minutes long, so abandon hope, all ye who enter here. A hail of flaming meteorites bombard New York City, cratering Broadway, decapitating the Chrysler Building, demolishing Grand Central Terminal, and wreaking a toll in human lives and suffering the like of which has not been seen since cats opened at the Winter Garden. Meanwhile, at NASA headquarters, the homicidal simpleton from Sling Blade, Billy Bob Thornton, is in charge, and he announces that an asteroid will strike Earth in 18 days, destroying all life. Not even bacteria will survive, he informs the president, implying that the asteroid is a far more effective toilet bowl cleanser than Lysol. Cut to an oil drilling platform in the Gulf of Mexico, where Bruce Willis is pelting a Greenpeace boat with golf balls. Bruce represents the last of a vanishing breed of wildcat oilmen, rugged individualists who live life by their own rules as they carelessly rape the fragile ecosystem. And yet, when he finds his daughter, Liv Tyler, in bed with Ben Affleck, he shows a surprisingly sensitive side by attempting to blow Ben's head off with a shotgun. This tender scene is interrupted when Black Crude starts gushing all over the cast in a series of dizzying, rapidly edited images intended to convey that they've just struck oil. Or maybe to induce epileptic seizures in Japanese schoolchildren. Billy Bob decides to send Bruce and his team of hand-picked stereotypes into space, where they'll land on the asteroid, drill an 800-foot hole, and explode a nuclear warhead. There follows a series of light-hearted scenes in which Bruce and his crew of dullards comically exasperate the NASA brass with their sociopathic fetishes, gross ignorance, and inappropriate body fat content. Now comes the scariest part of the film, as Bruce secretly watches while Liv and Ben make out. Granted, their necking consists largely of Ben licking her left shoulder blade, but still, he's her father, and he's just standing there. Watching. I once dissected a fetal pig in a poorly ventilated classroom when I had the flu and felt less queasy than this. That is, until the next scene, when we watch as Ben attempts to seduce Liv by molesting her with animal crackers and talking in the voice of that crocodile hunter guy from the Discovery Channel. For some reason, this actually works. Cut to Shanghai, where a gigantic meteorite kills millions. But the previous two scenes have left the audience so shaken and depressed that we can't help envying the dead. Cut to Cape Canaveral, where Bruce and company are suited up and heading for the launch pad. But first, Ben and Liv pause to sing an off-key rendition of I'm leaving on a jet plane. And suddenly, the audience shakes off its mood of apathetic despair and begins actively rooting for the asteroid. The team has to take two shuttles, because everyone whined about wanting to sit by the window. They strap in, heroic music starts to blare, and the shuttles blast off. At last we've got some action, which comes to an instant halt as they pull into the mirror for gas. You'd think they might have thought of that before they left. Ben screws up the refueling, sets everything on fire, and blows up the space station. On the ground, Liv pensively removes her engagement ring and entertains second thoughts. Finally, the two shuttles approach the asteroid from upwind. Predictably, Ben's ship crashes headlong into it, 
while Bruce's shuttle lands in the wrong place. Ben loads the survivors in their self-propelled drill rig, which is also equipped with a high-caliber Gatling gun. Apparently they expected the asteroid to fight back. I'll show you how we do things where I come from, he bellows, and fires off 5,000 rounds from the machine gun while inside the shuttle, then drives the drill rig through a wall. So apparently he comes from Texas. Cut to Bruce and the crew, who are saying things like, Drop the hammer! And let's chew this iron bitch up! In an effort to make digging a hole seem exciting. But all they manage to do is blow the drill rig's transmission, and the audience is filled with dread by the prospect that at any moment, James Brolin may appear on behalf of AMCO. Some of the cast members stage a coup and try to save their careers by just detonating the nukes and ending the movie right here. But, as with everything else, they screw it up, and we've got another 42 minutes to go.